Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. My name's Chris, uh, taking over hosting duties and hoping not to mess everything up. And joining me uh, this week, I have David Black. How are you, Dave? You all right? Hello, Chris. Yes, I'm very well, thanks. Are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Just as I say, just hoping not to mess everything up, else uh, uh, Lord, Lord Ross will probably come and smite me. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, good week? Uh, yes, very good. Yeah, we... Yeah, Oh, come on, do actually. Yeah. won a game of football. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. So, uh, we, we can come on to that one first, if you like. Um, yeah, New- yeah, Newcastle picking up their first Premier League win of the season against Watford. Um, your thoughts? I'm just really relieved to get off the mark, to be honest. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't go to the game yesterday. I was at a, I was at a, a wedding yesterday, so um, I can only go off, off the, the highlights I've seen, but... Uh, if I could have predicted how we were going to win our first game, it would have been something along those lines where we weren't particularly good. It was never going to be, you know, the type of game where we were just going to turn up and, and win easily. And um, we really had to dig in, and we had a few injuries along the way, but uh, doesn't matter to me how it happens. We just got the points on the board at last. That's it. A win to win takes you out the bottom three as well. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Huddersfield and Fulham play each other tomorrow night, so the odds are we'll be back in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you never know. But yeah, I say it's strange. I think we were, we, were, we were talking last week with Watford. They're, they're funny. They seem to be doing really well, but then they they just lose a random game here and there. Yeah, they're, they're very streaky, aren't they? But uh, they're. Um, I mean, they, they should have won yesterday, really, by all accounts. But uh, as I was saying last week, we've had we haven't had the run of the rub of the green in any game really this season. Um, it was only a few weeks ago, obviously, the Brighton game where we had something like twenty five shots, and for all you have to make your own luck, I think it's about time we. Uh, we had a result go our way, so they'll be fine. Watford will be fine. They're, they're probably going to be in the top half, I would think. But uh, you know, that doesn't really bother me right now. That's it. Yeah, a, a, a win's a win. Do you think this is? A, do you think Newcastle can kick on from this? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, so, um, we've got Bournemouth next week at home, which okay. for all they've been very good. Mm-hmm. They're again. They're the type of team who will come and attack us, which in a, in a silly sort of way really suits us because we're, we're not good at breaking teams down. But if, if teams are happy to come onto us. That'll work in our favour. Um, we're in a reasonable run of games between now and, and Christmas, pretty much. Uh, obviously, we, we've talked before about the, the rough start we had. Um, so it's only right, really, that we've now got a slightly better run of games coming up. If we can cobble together enough points, we're, we're not going to be in the top half. We're not going to be anything to shout about, but we should really be able to cobble enough to, to keep our heads above water. Excellent. I say, um, yeah. What I say, it wasn't a great game yesterday from from the highlights I saw. But I say, I remember saying last week, it looked like Newcastle last week was set up not to lose, and they yeah. they looked a little bit more adventurous at least uh, yesterday. Yeah, he he played uh, Rondon and, and Muto from the start, uh, which I think was a, a good a good show of uh, of attitude. Uh, I mean, Watford, as you know, they 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 only play one way. They, they aren't the type of team equipped to sort of sit in and. Uh, and kill a game, so I, I thought again that would probably suit us a little bit. Um, we were kind of lucky not to concede, but uh, not going to complain about it. So. Yeah. it did, what, what I found interesting as well, what, just from watching the highlights like yourself, is he, somehow Benitez has got Kennedy to look like a team player. <laughs> I mean, he is the strangest footballer I've ever seen play for us. Like, um, obviously, you've obviously seen the tackle where he runs back about fifty yards to mm-hmm. stop. Andrea Gray scoring a tap in, which you know is incredible um, to see that from someone who's maybe not renowned for his, his work ethic. But he, he goes from doing some sublime bits of skill to just Sunday league level football, <laughs> it, often within ten minutes of one one or the other, and it's it's really frustrating to watch. But he, he is our best player, really, when 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 he's on his game. If, if it all being fair in the world, but he just goes from 100 to, to, to zero in a matter of minutes, and it's really, really frustrating. Yeah. The other week in the, the Brighton game, we, we were 
kind of pressing him a bit, trying to get back in the game. And the ball broke around the edge of the box, and he obviously everyone shouting shoot. And it, instead of shooting on his left, he did a Rabona with his right foot, which was going for the top corner, and he, he missed, and everyone just sort of put their head in their hands, and that really summed him up. Like, he's the most likely to make something happen, but... Uh, Sometimes you just you just despair. Yeah, he's always struck me from what I've seen of him. Is you know when you're at school, you had that one kid who was better than everyone else. Yes, wants so. to do everything. <laughs> but so yeah, to see him make that tackle yesterday, I, I was I was really surprised. Well, maybe he's he's a former Watford player in the sense that he was on their books for six months and never really got a kick. So maybe there was an element of that in it. But uh, who knows? But it's nice to see anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully Newcastle can kick on. The fans still behind Rafa. I noticed there was a massive banner. Um, held yeah, well, that's, that's that's always there, and uh, him and Lascelles have always been like sort of the two who we've been clinging on to. You now Lascelles has signed a new contract this week, which is great. But he made the mistake of saying that Mike Ashley's a nice guy, yeah. which is kind, which has kind of upset a lot of people <laughs> who were who were calling him a turncoat because he's accepting the money. Which, I mean, I'm not going to get into it now because. Mm. I, you can't expect him to go on telly and say I don't like the owner who's just given us a six-year contract. But I, I guess the argument is he, he could have said nothing. But yeah. never, never mind. Um, okay, moving on to the other games. Then you mentioned Bournemouth. So uh, you say you've got next. Um, they were the early kickoff yesterday against Manchester United. Um, yeah, Man United getting a two-one win, but again not looking convincing. Uh, no, um, Bournemouth seemed to battle them for the first first half until. Um, Man United equalised against the runner player, but uh, we were just saying there, Bournemouth, that they only play in one way, don't they? they mm-hmm. They've got a lot of quick attacking players who they like to get on the front foot with, which, as a, as a neutral, you know, I really, really quite enjoy watching Bournemouth. Um, whereas Man United have now got in that habit of just being able to grind out victories, really. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this as an Arsenal fan, but um, Man United to me seem like they are the sixth. Of the of the six of the top six, they are the worst. I would say. I don't know if you agree with that, but yeah, that's at the, yeah, at the moment, definitely. Uh, scraped a result yesterday from from what everything I saw. Uh, Bournemouth, but the thing that strikes me is I remember when Man United with the all dominant side, teams just didn't attack them. Teams came and they home or away, they were in awe of Man United. Mm. There was none of that from Bournemouth yesterday. Bournemouth were at them. Uh, David Brooks, who we spoke about last week. Looks fantastic. He took the game to Man United. He just gets better every game he plays, doesn't he? Um, after a fairly slow start, him and uh, him, Fraser Wilson. Obviously, Stanislas played yesterday because Josh King it was was out. But um, they they've got a lot to be excited about. They're, they're a good team, and they're all fairly young as well. You know, that team could be together for another five or six years, really. Yeah, I say Bournemouth very good. I say Man United not so much. I find it interesting. Uh, Martial scored again. He's in a, he's in a good uh, good run of form, but he didn't look very happy when he scored. Well, <laughs> I, I I mean, the whole him Mourinho um, shenanigans is just it's kind of it's kind of boring now, isn't it? It's been yeah. going on since the, since the summer. Um, the only difference now is that Martial, you know, is probably worth that contract. He hadn't done anything for a little bit, a little bit of time before that, but uh, he has been almost single-handedly keeping him going the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Pogba goes in and out of games, and I know he got the assist for the winner yesterday, but I don't think he was he involved much else yesterday. I, mean, I'd, I'd certainly didn't didn't notice him particularly. Yeah, from from the bits of the game I saw. He- he he wasn't having like the greatest game, so he wasn't like the standout player. But he was he was involved. He seems to be uh, getting a little bit more forward now, where we Matic uh, sitting back a bit more. Um, but yeah, the whole squad though just didn't look happy. Like Marsh, um, not Marshall, sorry, Rashford scored an injury time winner. <laughs> yeah, even he didn't look very happy about it. You know? Well, I thought it was odd that Mourinho sort of punched the air and then. It was almost like you know when like, you're you're in the wrong end of the match because you can't get tickets in the in the home end or whatever, and uh, he almost like celebrated and thought, oh, shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. But it was just odd how he he pulled himself back. But I don't know. What do you make of um, Lukaku's comments this week, where he uh, obviously he's been dropped or rotated or whatever you want to call it, and there was someone carrying quotes. He said he felt let let down by, by Mourinho for leaving him out, which I thought was ridiculous because. You know, he just hasn't done it for weeks. It is strange though because Marino has stuck by Lukaku. Like last season, he went through a bad run, and 
he was, the people say like the press were constantly questioning him saying you know when are you going to drop him when are you going to play Rashford in the middle or you know Martial in the middle or whatever and Mourinho was very like really staunch in defending him like why are we always talking about Lukaku you know is there nothing else you want to talk about he's my, Lukaku is my man and whatever but then yeah suddenly he's dropped him so I can kind of understand where Lukaku is coming from but it had to be done like any yeah. other manager would have dropped him ages ago well I mean it's two wins and two isn't it without him which uh can't help his cause, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. You know, yes, he's their their big expensive signing and, and what have you. Um, but it's a club like Man United, all their players are big expensive signings. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. You know, Sanchez hasn't Sanchez didn't play for a while. He came in yesterday. He actually looked all right. Um, gave the ball away as he does always. As an Arsenal fan, I'm, I've seen that firsthand many a time. <laughs> but you know, he 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 made all the runs and stuff. And it it seemed to be a thing. There were a few other Premier League teams. Um, yesterday, who teams play now not without an out and out striker, mm. and you know, so yeah, I mean, you just got to look at Richarlison and Everton, which obviously we'll come on mm-hmm. to in a bit, but uh, he's a good example of someone who's not an out and out centre forward, but he's you know, he's making up the best of it, really, isn't he? And that's it, so yeah, you know, until Lukaku, you know, they've got some Champions League games coming up, um, you know, maybe he can get a run there, you know. He'll probably come back for the Arsenal game and score a hat trick. Um, <laughs> but that's usually how it goes. Um, yeah, well, might as well go on to Everton next then. Um, mentioned Richarlison there. Um, had a great game, uh, beating 3 1 against Brighton, who had won three games in a row up until this weekend. Yeah, it was. Um, I really enjoyed Everton's the, the goal they scored on the counter attack, where, um, again, from, from match of the day, they made a big deal of Brighton winning a corner, and then about 10 seconds later, the ball was in the back of their, their net. So um, that was quite amusing as a, as a neutral. But uh, Everton, you'd expect them to beat Brighton at home, really. I know Brighton have been on a decent run, as you just said there, but I've spoke before on this on this show about, about Brighton, and they are a set-piece team, really, and they end up scoring and from Duffy Dunk or Glenn Murray scores a tap in. Like mm-hmm. it, it's they they only have a minimum a minimal way of, of scoring goals really. Um so I would expect most good teams to to beat them really, especially away from home. That's yeah. Brighton one. I say Everton have had their problems mainly probably down to all the signings uh they've had over the last two seasons. But they they, they looked pretty good yesterday. Uh that Bernard now he you know he's fit and settled. Uh, he's looking quite good. He missed a sitter against Man United uh, yes. that the week. Um, but yeah, he he looked pretty lively yesterday. He reminds me a little bit of Janino. I think she's oh, yeah. a little. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he looks quite interesting. Um, Phil Walcott seems to you know be enjoying himself in that team. Obviously, he still can't cross or shoot. Um, but yeah, Richarlison. Um, I know there's a lot of talk when he signed for the club for what forty, fifty million, whichever it is. Um, but he. he He's really, really looking good. He scored, you know, two goals yesterday. He hadn't scored for a while, uh, but it, it does look like Everton are finally cl- uh, clicking, and they've still got other players to come back into the squad. I think um, that Yerry Mina, who they signed, who we all saw at the World Cup, he oh, yes. hasn't played for them yet. Yeah, well, um, I mean, Andre Gomez as well has now started to get a run in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed quite decent yesterday, um, but. The interesting one will be, as I think they've got a Chelsea next week, uh, and that means that Zuma can't play because he can't play against his, his parent club. So we'll probably see Mina next week, I think. Um, but it's they've got quite a bit of strength and depth, really, as you say. There's even even up front. Yes, okay, they're missing a centre forward, but they've got the likes of Calvert Lewin and Adamola Luckman alongside you know Walcott, Bernard, Sigurdsson, Richarlison. There's Quite a few options there, really, for yeah. for you know, a non-Champions League side to have. Yeah, that that Tosin is still there. He, he seems to do a job whenever he plays. Yeah, he just went through a big drought, didn't he? And uh, I, I was when he signed under Sam Aldice, he, he must have had a reasonable record at the end of last season, I would guess, without having the figures in front of me, because he, he must have scored six or seven, I would think. And then obviously it hasn't happened from this season, and he's been in and out. But uh, he's obviously got it in his locker somewhere. I just need to get him in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Um, other teams talking about other teams like clicking uh, West Ham uh, 4-2 winners against Burnley uh, Burnley not having the greatest of seasons uh, you can't even blame the Euro- Europa League because they went out of that really early um, it is strange considering how well they did last season but West Ham really looked good last yesterday uh, Felipe Anderson who is probably easily their best player had a great game 
Yeah, so Burnley last season obviously they had a the success was built on a foundation of a solid back four. Now the course they conceded yesterday were like the, the total opposite of that. Um, starting from Tarkovsky underhitting a back pass mm-hmm. quite early on and like badly underhitting it, not like slightly, like it was wasn't even close to reaching Joe Hart. Um, where, what do you feel about Joe Hart? Like, is it just bad luck or is he just is that he is he the reason why they're not as good? Because obviously the Pope who was great for them last season. Um, uh, has been has been injured. Joe Hart's come in now for me. He was actually doing quite well, but they've also conceded a hell of a lot of goals already. Yeah, my, my thing with Joe Hart is. He's a little bit intense, isn't he? Like, oh, he's so intense. You see him before the game, and he's like proper, like like he kills somebody. Um, and I don't know if that costs him going into games. Sometimes I don't know if he just gets himself a little bit too aggressive. Sometimes and it, it causes like his concentration or something. I don't know, but he hasn't been the same for quite a while. He, at Man City, he wasn't brilliant to be fair, but he had a decent defense in front of him. Uh, West Ham. Like last season didn't have a great um, season there really either um, I didn't expect him to play many games at Burnley but obviously they've had injuries to other goalkeepers as well but it's just when if you see, you see as soon as you see a player go one on one with Joe Hart you know they're putting the ball away <laughs> yeah I mean that that was that one night for Man City uh, it was against Real Madrid where it was unbelievable for like 89 minutes and, and threw one in from Ronaldo in the last mm. minute or something that was like a turning point in his career, wasn't it? It's, yeah. uh, it's been downhill ever since. But uh, to go back to what you were saying originally, West Ham, um, in Anderson and Arnautovic, they've got two match winners, really. They're, they're both, I don't want to say too good for West Ham, but let, let's say it anyway. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're probably too good for that team, certainly from what we've seen from West Ham in the opening weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how much did Anderson cost? 30-odd million? Yeah, something like that. But he, he looked worth every penny yesterday. Oh, yeah, I mean, for his sake, I just hope he can be more consistent and do it against, you know, in away games as well. It's quite easy to do it on your home ground, isn't it, against the likes of Burnley? But if he can take that into other games, then, you know, they could easily find themselves in the top half, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, on you mentioned there, um, always had a bit of reputation for a Maverick player, especially from his time at Stoke. Um, <laughs> but he, he generally looks like he's up for being part of this team, for being their talisman. Exactly. Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. He uh, he, he likes being the centre of attention. He just likes being the main man, uh, which he, he totally is at West Ham. Yeah. It was funny to see him giving Tarkovsky a bit of a, a bit of a going over after <laughs> that pass back when he scored. You know, a bit of sledging uh, in, the, in the football world. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, that's either side of him, and he's obviously got a screw loose somewhere, like all the all the best players do, don't they? But uh, he um, he just. He is their best player, I think. Really, him and Anderson obviously rivals him now that he's arrived. But Arnautovic is the, is the one, isn't he? I think they'd have gone down last year and it wasn't for him. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so we say, but yeah, if those two keep performing, I think yeah, what you say West Ham easily finishing the top half. Um, what we got left? Oh, Cardiff Leicester. Um, not the greatest game, but given the circumstances, you can kind of understand it. Oh yeah, this was a game where. You know the football. The result almost pales in insignificance. But uh, for, I think every neutral will probably agree that you couldn't begrudge Leicester winning that game. Yeah. Uh, and for Kasper Schmeichel's sake, you know it's, it's really good for him to get a clean sheet after all of the week he's had. Yeah. I've uh, gone I was going to say it was it was it was difficult to watch the uh, the sort of pre-match. I don't know what you call it, moment of silence or yeah. minute silence, whatever it was. Like obviously he was visibly upset, which you know totally understandable. Um, so you know, I don't think you can begrudge them winning that game. Um, as it turns out, they probably should have had a penalty in all sorts, but yeah. Not... So, Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, so I saw the, um, the the thing live, the the minute silence live. Sky showed it uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, I was sat here thinking, how how is Schmeichel expecting to go and play? Like, if 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 Cardiff had any attacking nose to them, like. The other day, they probably easily got got through that defence and Kasper Schmeichel in the opening few minutes yesterday. I think Kasper Schmeichel even said in the interview, um, the first ten minutes he couldn't stop couldn't stop like shaking God. and stuff like that. So it, 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 yeah, full credit to the Leicester players um, to getting through that game. To be fair, Leicester, as I say, Leicester were there for the taking though, and Cardiff couldn't do it uh, Neil Warnock did come out and say that the atmosphere was very sombre and I imagine that would have had an effect as well 
Yeah, I suppose you never really think about it from Cardiff's point of view, do you? Because it's Leicester who've had all the, you know, the, the tough week really. But uh, it must have been very surreal for Cardiff as well to be in that in that situation. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, obviously, it's a it's, it's an awful event, an awful week really. But uh, as you say, the, the football kind of fades in the background. But uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased for them really that they got the win for the for the owner. Yeah, I so the, the the team have all jetted off to Bangkok now, where they're. Uh... Uh, taking part in the funeral uh, over there. I think they come back on, on Monday Monday evening. But yeah, hopefully yeah they can they can take that win and, and kick on from it. Uh, Demari Gray booked for his celebration though. Uh, uh, a lot of debate everywhere on that. Uh, I think you could see on the referee's face when he ran past him though. Like oh I don't really want to do. I've you know I've got a book here. It's just ridiculous really because beforehand they should have said look if we score this is what we're going to do. Um, if Cardiff do it, you know, don't book them either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could, the whole thing could have been so easily avoided. Like, yeah. I'm sure there was a, there was a match maybe last season or the year before where something similar happened, where the T-shirt had a message on it for somebody who perhaps was unwell or had, had passed away or something like that, and the ref didn't book them because of you know the circumstances. So why Lee uh, Lee Probert couldn't. Uh, couldn't just use some common sense. Like surely, like his adjudicator, whoever was you know looking at his performance, would say, you know what, that's probably fair enough. Mm. Like it's not like it's some sort of robotic tick box exercise. Like surely, common sense should have prevailed there. But but yeah, that's the thing though. That, you know, is it a tick box exercise? You know, referees. You, you could you could tell that Probert was uncomfortable with it. And I say I remember. Yeah, I remembered. I couldn't remember the event, but I, I'm pretty sure, like you say, there was another something similar last season. Um, but I'm sure I've seen another instance where there's something similar, and the referee has gone up, and you can see the referee apologising for booking yeah. the player. Like, I'm really sorry, but I've got to. Um, yeah, I mean, on another note, referees yesterday. Oh, not a, oh, not, not a good way. VAR would have been very busy. Oh, um, I mean, there, there was offside offside goals not given, which were blatantly onside, and there was obviously a couple of penalties not given, and oh goodness me, it was a mess. But yeah, so yeah, it's a stupid rule. I agree that that, but you know, it's 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 in a way, it's kind of good that that's the debate that's come out of the game. People go get going back to the football, even though it's the least yeah. important thing. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the football. Is it? Do you know um, why it's a bookable offence? Is it because some do with sponsorship or something, or is it? Or is it, or is it, it just they it don't used, want? It used to be political messages and stuff like that. The original rule was that you couldn't have any any messages at all. Uh, well, the original rule, from what I remember, is you couldn't have a political message or anything deemed political. So then there were instances where people were saying, well, that's not political, and I've got a booking for it and whatever. So then they were just like, no messages whatsoever. And then they were just like, you can't take your top off at all. <laughs> well, at least they're dealing with the big issues in football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it, yeah. Really, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so on to the, the big game of the weekend, I suppose, uh, and probably the best game of the season so far, uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool, um, probably the most f- f- low-scoring, entertaining draw I've, I've ever seen. Yeah, so I say, I, I, with being at the wedding yesterday, we, uh, we we avoided the scores all day and just watched uh, and just watched match of the day without knowing the scores, which, if you've never done it, is actually incredible, but anyway... Um, this match just looked absolutely frenetic from the first whistle. Um, but seeing as, as you're the Arsenal man and you watch this game, maybe maybe you should do the analysis on this oh, one. Oh god, um, yeah, <laughs> I it, it's weird going into this game. Like um, there was a lot of talk. Uh, oh, Liverpool are going to destroy Arsenal. Arsenal unbeaten in 13 games, but that once they come up against Liverpool, Liverpool are going to rip them to pieces. Um, you know, Paul Merson was very vocal. He was like, I, I, I see nothing but like, except for Liverpool winning by three kick, clear goals here. <laughs> Within two minutes, we'd had two attempts. We came out the blocks firing. And to be fair, Arsenal haven't had the best of first halves this season. Like, <laughs> every game, they've, it's been, we've been winning games in the second half. Um, it, and it was quite concerning. I think I said on Twitter at the time, I didn't like it because we were playing really well. Like, um, Torreira was incredible, um, Xhaka was fantastic, and yeah, we we generally looked the better team throughout the game, but then in typical Arsenal fashion, Liverpool got the other end and scored. Um, yeah, they had Mane's goal, which should have stood. 
which was uh, uh, ruled for offside. Uh, Van Dijk had a great chance. Um, yeah, and then Milner after you know capitalised after a, a, a Leno mistake. I'm not quite sure what he thought he was doing. Um, no, it was the old halfway house, wasn't it? Where like wasn't a cross or a shot, and he ended up just powering it to someone more useful than if he just left it. So. Yeah, but so, <laughs> as, as, soon, as soon as it hit Jacker's heel and fell to Milner, I was like, he's, all he's got to do is get on target. Mm-hmm. Um, but I generally felt that we were still in the game, uh, and that if we, sc- I, gen- I thought if we scored, we could win it. And then obviously uh, Lacazette comes up with a bit of magic. Um, strange that Aubameyang was taken off um, for memory, but can't really complain about his decision making after after how well we're doing um so yeah it was good to see us answer a lot of critics i generally thought we, we could have won that game it was it was interesting that liverpool even though they had their chances they didn't look like the attacking liverpool team we've seen it seemed to me like a lot of the chances came from set pieces or mm-hmm. you know like obviously van dyke had two or three which obviously we wouldn't be up front from corners and free kicks really um, no, no, obviously they weren't the only chances they had, but it it seemed like they didn't really create that much in open play. Yeah, yeah, and they, the same happened with them against Man City earlier in the season. Um, I don't know if it's how Klopp sets them up slightly different. Because um, to be fair, at times Arsenal were there for the taking. Uh, we had we were playing two at the back at one point. <laughs> like our, our wing backs were just pushing so high up the pitch. I have to say, well, I, I did think that the way Emery has his full-backs pushing on, I thought that would play in Liverpool's hands a little bit. Yeah. Um, I did think both teams to score was probably the only bet I could really say with any certainty would would come off. I, I, I was really on the fence about how this one would, would turn out. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing, like the, the difference in the squad though. Like last season, Hector Bellerin, uh, Xhaka, uh, and a few, like Rob Holden, and that lot. Like, if you'd have asked Arsenal fans, they'd have. They'd, the majority would have been you could quite happily let them all go on free transfers we wouldn't <laughs> complain uh, Bellerin was phenomenal yesterday considering he played with an injury uh, he passed a last minute fitness test and he, his thigh was heavily strapped uh, he was rampant he, he, he was absolutely <laughs> fantastic uh, in the game yesterday Xhaka looked brilliant if he'd have made some of the tackles yesterday if he'd have made those last week when he was playing at left back um, we'd have probably had a, a better a better result last week. Um, yeah, and, and Rob Holding, I think, for my money, Virgil van Dijk yesterday showed he's the best centre-back in the Premier League. And Rob Holding showed that in a couple of years he will be right up there as well. He was fantastic yesterday. See, Holding's a funny one, isn't he? Because you got him from Bolton, what, maybe three, four years ago now? Mm-hmm. And I mean, for my money, last season he was a disaster. Pretty much every game he played. If I was to draw like a graph, his, his peak was the <laughs> FA Cup final mm-hmm. against Chelsea. I think it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then since then, it's just been massively downhill. Um, not helped by you know having not the greatest team in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, mineral protection from our friend Jagger, that kind of thing. But he seems to have flourished a bit on Emery. Yeah. And, and it seems there's a few players like that. So Xhaka looks a completely different player. Like if he'd have had his hair cut in the summer, we could have, we could have <laughs> said he was a new signing. Um, yeah, he's had a new shirt number and everything. He's, he's, Xhaka has been fantastic. I say Bellerin looked good, but yeah, holding. Uh, Mustafi, okay, Mustafi was Mustafi last weekend. <laughs> but this weekend, again, he looked really good. It's frustrating. Um Holding has a lot of support at the club um, to the point where apparently Emery has told Koscielny he can find a new club in January. Uh, really? Yeah, which is which is surprising because I really like Lauren Koscielny. I think on his day he's one of the, one of the best centre backs in Europe. Although he's he he does seem to have like uh, leg muscles that to, seem to tear on demand. Yeah. Um, recently. <laughs> Um, so. I know uh, James, who uh, sometimes on on this podcast, and he's another man on the post shows. He is an Arsenal fan, and he doesn't rate Koscielny either. So I don't know whether he's just the marmite of your club. Either love him or hate him, but uh, yeah. you know he he he's he's always sort of been your your go to centre now for as long as yeah. I can remember. But he he must be thirty what one thirty two now. Yeah, isn't I think he? he's about thirty two now. So it's quite an age to get a big injury like he's just got. So I'm not sure. Maybe there's an element of that, and we might not get back to the level he was at. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, say so great game yesterday. Um, I'll say it was a fair result, but I won't mean it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think we'll have a bigger test next week. We've got Wolves next weekend, um, 
and say we'll come on to Wolves now because they attacked the hell out of Tottenham a lot more than Liverpool did against Arsenal and they caused Tottenham a lot of problems Tottenham coming away for a 3-2 win though um, but I think Tottenham's lack of depth is starting to show well just a bit I mean they, they rotated yesterday and this this Foyth is it Foyth? I don't know how you Foyth, say his last Foyth, name Foyth I think yeah yeah so him to concede two pens in his Premier League debut and Pochettino to say he had a good game hmm <laughs> that doesn't really uh, add up for me but uh, again, I've only got the highlights to go off, but it's, it seemed like uh, Wolves had a really good goal for the last half hour or so, mm-hmm. um, and were perhaps on another day would have got a result out of it. But uh, it's just Tottenham have got so many options, and I, I think they've got the point now where they, they don't know what their best team is or what their best system is, and it almost seems like it's just made up game by game as to which eleven play. Um, I know this week obviously there's an element of resting people for PSV in midweek which they really have to win mm-hmm. but uh, I'm just not really sure what, what, their, what their long-term plan is at the minute But still Harry Kane plays almost every game Yes, I mean I don't know how much of that's down to him and just wanting to break every record going but he got his goal yesterday which he, I was, couldn't believe when they said it was his first Premier League goal for was it five weeks, four mm-hmm. weeks? I mean, that's unheard of for him. Even when he was a young kid coming through, he probably didn't have a drought like that. Yeah, I say, I say I watched the game, and if it had gone on an extra 10 minutes, Wolves would have won that game. Uh, Tottenham were, were all out of ideas. They just could not cope. Um, Trippier was awful. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, to be honest, I was a bit surprised to see him playing because um, he, they had was that the third game in six days. Yep. And obviously they're going to have PSV in two or three more days. And I thought, well, considering Serge Aurier is not exactly you know some academy product who never get who never played football before, he's a more than adequate replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bit surprised to see Trippier was still playing, but um, he seemed to lose the plot quite badly. I, I saw something. Well, we must have attempted a nutmeg leading up to one of the penalties. Did he? Uh, just... Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just completely gave the ball away. <laughs> just and then yeah, left uh, Foy for whoever you say it, completely exposed. And then yeah, penalty penalty given. Um, yeah, I find it strange. So like, Dele Alli, he's, he's been out injured, uh, from what I remember. He's come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he was. I don't. I don't. I think he played against West Ham in the week. I think. Yeah, I, he did. I, yeah. I say, obviously, I don't keep up to date with Tottenham. Starting <laughs> eleven. Um, but then he was completely dropped yesterday, and Pochettino says, "I'm resting him. Why aren't you doing that with Harry Kane?" Okay, Harry Kane. I, I know Harry Kane didn't didn't play on Wednesday, but Wolves is your opportunity to drop him normally. If you if you're looking at your fixtures in advance before the season starts, you think it promoted teams. This is where I'm going to drop. And, and, and rest players, you know. I have him on the bench. Yeah. I know. Um, is it Soldado? It is Soldado, isn't it? No, no it's Lorente. Lorente now. Yeah. The, the so, Soldado ter- was yeah, four the, or five years ago. Yeah, the, the same man. But... The, the, the other terrible Spanish striker. <laughs> um, yeah. So they got Lorente. Okay, who's not a great player, but, but he probably caused that Wolves team a few problems yesterday uh, because at the back they they do look a little bit shaky. Well. What's what, what's really unusual for me is that Kane is playing so much deeper than he has any other time I've seen him until this season. Uh, it kind of started in the World Cup with England where he was more or less playing as a number 10 and letting all these the quicker lads sort of get behind him, which is fine. Um, but if you're going to do that, you may as well have played Llorente. Like it's it's not yeah. like he's man on the six-yard line waiting for a tap-in. Like it's... Uh, it's just not his game at the moment because with obviously the emergence of Lucas Moura this season has helped that because it's having a bit more pace up there with him but he's not as integral as I think he used to be. Uh, is, but is it fatigue? Is fatigue starting to show in him? Well, I mean, it's hard to say because he... I, I dread to well, think what state he'll be in around Christmas. I mean, he's, he's, he needs a rest, I would say, but he, he he's got... PSV on Wednesday, he must have a game next weekend. Mm-hmm. He surely won't play for England in Rooney's te- what's become Rooney's testimonial. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the thing is, he probably will. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to see, to see Southgate start him. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, we went through this. Can you remember a couple of years ago, it must have been Euro 2016, where he was pretty useless. 
and it turned out he played the under-21 tournament the previous summer. So he'd essentially played for like two consecutive seasons with no rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was knackered by the end of it, completely knackered. And then he obviously goes through these August goal routes, which they can't be coincidental. It's got to be on the back of him not having a rest. Yeah. He got injured last season, didn't he? He's out for quite a while. Imagine if he hadn't had that injury as well. <laughs> and he'd, just played, he'd have had no break whatsoever. No, it's it's a strange one, but I mean, Pochettino, I like to think he knows what he's doing. He seems to have done a reasonable job with, with Tottenham so far, but I just wonder if they have reached a bit of a glass ceiling. I don't know. Obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I'm probably hoping they have, but. Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Pochettino goes to Real Madrid, to be fair. I, I'd really like him as a manager, um, but I, I'm starting to think that, yeah, he he obviously wanted sign ins. He could not have wanted the, his, his squad to be exactly the same as it was last season. I wouldn't have thought so, especially when Musa Sissoko seems to be an integral part of this whole operation at the minute, which is not a position <laughs> you want to be in. So, yeah, it is. It's, it's really strange, you know. And you know, they talk every year about wanting to push on and push on, but yeah, they just then don't invest, which you know, which they've got to do, especially when the teams around them are investing so heavily. Well, that's the big thing, isn't it? They're being left behind a little bit. Um, I mean, they're going to have a lovely, shiny new stadium eventually, maybe next year. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it's not going to it's not going to help in the short term. I mean, you found it with, with Arsenal when you moved into the Emirates. Yeah. The first season or so, there was a number of home games there which you would never ever have dropped points in, in at Highbury, but you end up struggling to adjust in some games. Uh, so on to today's games. Unfortunately, we don't get to talk about the mighty Huddersfield versus Fulham. What a game that's probably going to be. Oh, can't wait for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Man City started us off today uh, playing a uh, Southampton team that can't score for Toffee um, and can't defend for Toffee, it seems, as they ran out 6-1 winners. Uh, Man City 3-0 up after 18 minutes. Oh, this, was, this was a bloodbath, wasn't it? <laughs> I've not seen it yet. It wasn't on TV over here. Um, I'll say tonight on, on match of the day but uh, <laughs> everyone expected Man City to win but I didn't really expect them to be three and up inside 18 minutes mm-hmm. I, I do wonder how long Mark Hughes has got at Southampton not just because of the result but it's, it's the manner of the result yeah. uh, you take it back to Newcastle we were talking about earlier Newcastle played all the top teams and lost all the top teams but they lost by the odd goal here and there because they sat in they defended they played for each other they were a unit and it didn't quite go their way, but to be, you know, to lose six-one and be three-nil down inside eighteen minutes—it's it's not a good look, is it? No, not at all. So I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. Either. I've just seen what they, what they were talking about on Sky about it. Uh, one positive that Southampton did actually score um, a penalty by Danny Ings. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if they're gonna, if they're going to steal, but looks like it's going to be Danny Ings who's who's the man to do it because he he's probably. I guess he's got double their second top scorer without without checking. That's quite lazy, but he seems to be the only one who's who's capable of uh, of anything really. Yeah, it's strange. They've got some good strikers. They've got that Gabbiadini who's there. Uh, when he first came in a few years ago, he was on fire um, and did really well in 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 Italy. And just seems to not get many games and not score. Well, that's it. He, he was. I mean, he got caps for his country and all sorts, and he's mm-hmm. gone from. As you say, he arrived at the January. They got to the the cup final. He scored twice there. Uh, he must have had more or less, uh, probably a one in two, if not better, record from that first five or six months. And then since then, it's just been an absolute disaster, hasn't it? He mm-hmm. just. I had, I had to check last week that he was still there <laughs> because I found it strange that like he hadn't been, he hadn't been playing. Turns out he has played. He played eight games this season. Uh, really, but he just he just isn't scoring. I'm guessing he's coming off the bench. And, and playing a bit part, but and then you got Shane Long, who just inexplicably gets game time. Yeah, he had that run a few years ago, though, didn't he? And obviously, he's still cashing in on that, uh, you know. And, and then he'd have been at West Brom when they were just playing long ball for him to run onto. Oh, I mean, he, he, yes, he works hard, but I'm, I'm not really sure that's enough anymore. Um, certainly not for a team who don't score goals. They actually need their players who are in the fall positions to contribute goals and assists, and he just doesn't. He missed a sitter against Newcastle last weekend, which they could probably have done with winning. Um, I, I think the longer they hold on to Mark Hughes, the, the bigger their chance of being relegated is. Mm. 
it seems to be the Southampton of old. I'm guessing you'll remember as well when Southampton were the team that stayed up on the last day of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's what they always did, and it was usually Matt Letizia's fault. Yeah. But, but they've just they've got nothing of any note really. Have the likes of we've got a few players who have gone off the boil. We mentioned Gabbiadini there, Nathan Redmond a couple of years ago. Yeah. He was he got an England cap, like, so he must have been done something right, and now he. Doesn't do anything. It's yeah. it's ridiculous, really. Yeah. Charlie Charlie Austin, you know. Yeah. James Ward Prowse, who was highly rated, he's in and out of the team all the time. Yeah, Ryan Bertrand, like, yeah, should really you'd think be in, in England's top two or three left wing back, left back, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. End up being behind Ashley Young in the pecking order this summer, and it's just like what's what's happened to them? And it's obviously can't all be down to Mark Hughes because he he took over a club that was kind of already on the decline. But he hasn't really helped it. I know he, still, you know he kept them up, but I think that was more down to how bad uh, Stoke and Swansea were at the end of last season, mm-hmm. rather than anything miraculous that he's done. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he makes it till the end of the next transfer window. Well, we're getting in that time of year now, isn't it, where the clubs are going to start making a decision on whether they want this manager to have a, any money to spend in January or whether they're just going to cut their losses. Uh, and I think he might be in a spot of bother. And that's the thing. So talking about Southampton having players who, who have have performed in the Premier League, they've got players who other teams could come and pick up and take a chance on. Um, I can't remember his name. The lad who played for Chelsea, Romu. Oh, Romeo, Ron, yeah. Romeo. He looked brilliant last season at times. But he's just a destroyer, isn't he? Yeah. He's one of those where he, he won't he won't win your games, but he'll make sure you don't lose them. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, he breaks up play. Like there were times like. Until we signed Torreira, I'd have happily have had him at the Emirates because really? we, we're missing that. He's just that kind of player, just to break up the, the team, break up the play. Like Cochrane is a terrible player, but he, when he came back, uh, when we recalled him back from Charlton a few seasons ago, he came in. He looked brilliant because yeah. he was breaking up the play, and he's not a brilliant player. I wouldn't pick him in my in my eleven aside in the park. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad he's buggered off to Spain, um, but. Um, but somewhere like like Romeo would would have would have would you know a, a decent side team like an Everton a West Ham take a chance on a player like that to you know to to help support their their more attacking players, but yeah even he's not getting anything. Um, they've got a couple of young centre backs who you know so you could see other teams coming and just pick them apart and just be like I love him I love him and Southampton do like to sell their players. Well, as well, look at the likes of Cedric, who the right-back, obviously won the Euros with Portugal. If they're in a relegation scrap in December, and he says to his agent, I don't really want to be involved with this anymore, yeah. he'll be out. You know, There's quite a few players there who I just mentioned who have got international caps and honours, and phew, not many of them will want to roll their sleeves up and dig in if it's going to be like this for the rest of the, of the, rest of the season. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it, you know. I mean, you know, there's teams like you know, like Newcastle who could do some reinforcements. You know, could <laughs> Shane Long up the other end. If, um, well, if he's, if he's coming for free, then yeah, we'll have him. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and the final game, uh, Chelsea again uh, going under the radar, uh, beating Palace three-one. Um, Morata scoring twice, uh, four, four goals in four games for him now. Yeah, I mean, he should have really had a hat trick, which he uh, spoke at length about in his, uh, his post match interview. I don't know if you saw it, but um, Chelsea were, for me, they were actually bang average until Hazard came on. Yeah, and that I, turned, kind of... I, I turned the game off. I thought it was a, it was a, it was a dull game in the first half. I just I turned it off. I, I, I couldn't watch it. Well, this is the problem I've got with 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 Chelsea under Sarri. You know, I don't know if you heard any of our podcast earlier in the season when we talked about this, but it's obviously a very impressive system he's got and uh, I, I couldn't sit here and pick it apart because he's had a lot of success with it but I just don't get why you would play Kante in the position he's in uh, when you've got the likes of Loftus-Cheek um, or Fabregas or especially in a home game against Crystal Palace mm-hmm. do you really need Jorginho to come pick the ball off your centre-halves play three five-yard passes to get forward ten yards give it to Kante who spreads it wide and then it just it seems quite easy to defend against in large numbers. Um, obviously, Newcastle were the, the prime example where we defended with ten behind the ball and almost got away with it. But mm-hmm. um, without Hazard, they, they just don't seem as good. It, it seems like it's just they've fallen on this this system he obviously has used in the past. But without 
having world class players on the end of it, it's it's pointless. Mm-hmm. They they seem very slow. Yeah, as well. Exactly. There's no pace in that team whatsoever. Especially Hazard didn't start again today. Um, I suppose it's good management of him. You know, keeping him fresh. I think he's had a few niggles and what have you. But yeah, he came on, set he set up a set up the second goal with a, with a free kick. Um, but yeah, Moses can't get in the team. Who? To be God, fair, God, he even existed. Yeah, so. he, he had a bit of a resurgence <laughs> the last couple of seasons. Um, was great against Arsenal in the cup final by getting sent off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, you know, he he gave him a bit of uh, of pace. Uh, William, who's quite a decent player, um, seems very static. It's it, it's all very slow and methodical. Um, it is, yeah. but if you, if if it it's means has. If it means Hazard gets an extra couple of yards of space further up the field, then I guess that's the it's worth it. But yeah. uh, without without him, oh, it's not the same. I know they absolutely smashed Burnley to bits last weekend without him, but uh, that's Burnley, who, as we've talked about, seemed to be having uh, <laughs> a crisis of, of confidence this season compared to last year. But uh, I thought Palace were worthy of a point until Hazard came on, and by which point, you know, yes, it changed the game, and he, they scored pretty much as soon as he came on, so changed the pattern pretty quickly. But uh, it was just—it's very odd. Um, I'm sure it's building to something, but maybe with a couple more players in there, it'll be different. But I, I just don't get the whole Kante playing where he is thing. And I know they can't really leave him out because of who he is. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. He's leaving out—he's leaving out players who would be better. Like you say, Loftus Cheek would be better. Uh, you know, Bart Barkley's having a good run at the moment, but go back to before that when you're looking for someone to play where Barkley's playing. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have been my first choice. I'd have played Loftus Cheek. Yeah. Well, and Kovacic, of course, was uh, yeah. was in the team until until just the last few weeks when Barkley's, you know, had a good run. Yeah. So I don't think he's scared to leave players out, but he obviously sees something in Kante, thinking, yeah, he, he, he can play, you know, where where he's got him. Um, I, some I look at Chelsea, and I think it does look like they're a work in progress, and you know they're waiting for a transfer window to bring a bit more in, but. Sarri has bought his own players in. You know, he bought in Jorginho, who, he, while he looks good, he he looks a very tidy player. It's literally just I'm going to pick the ball up, like you said, pick the ball up and just pass it. Yeah, which is which is fine. That's how you want to play it. It's just it's 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 an odd concept because the Premier League's very rarely had a manager who's come in and has such a such a defined way of playing. Um, and it, it, he is really the pivot. I think Alan Smith on commentary day compared him to, to Perlo and how he picks up the ball and plays it about. But Perlo would, would spread the play. He'd, he'd do all sorts with the ball. Mm. Jorginho just seems to have a very short passing range. All that little chip over the defence, which he tries yeah. to do. His passing stats must be brilliant, though. I don't think he ever gives the ball away. Oh, no, never. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they could, uh, in, you know, bring in some pacey players. Uh, in the in the January perhaps and change things up, but yeah, they're very methodical. But then yeah, I, you look at Sorry and you you look you look at him and you think that's how his team's going to play. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not like he's making do with players he's been given. He you know he's, he's had investment there. Just, yeah, well, I mean it's, it's not like he in, in, inherited this this terrible team in the first place, really. Um, it's uh, it's just getting them to play in the style that he wants them to do. But as you say, work in progress, and they're, they're what second, uh, third, third, third now. Third yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. I think my Premier League tables out. Uh, no, yeah, they'll be second. Man City back on top. Yeah, I didn't know if they had a better goal or not than Liverpool. Um, but you kind of complain, can you? If you were Chelsea yeah, fans, yeah, right, right up there. As, as, as I said last week, I think. They're going under the radar because they're not putting in these swashbuckling performances. You know, they're not going in and okay, they won three three one today, but it wasn't a, a, a barnstorming attacking performance. You know, they're not going to be first on match of the day. <laughs> well, as it's, it's happened many times in the past, hasn't it? Where teams have sort of bumbled their way through the first three or four months, and then suddenly they hit their stride over Christmas, and before you know it, they're the top of the table, and it's the rest history, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, all the Premier League games uh, for this weekend. ESA, we uh, Huddersfield Fulham is the Monday night football. I, I can't imagine the viewing figures will be very high for that one. <laughs> um, although, oh god, yeah, F- Fulham who can't defend, Huddersfield who can't attack. Jesus Christ! It, oh, it's a it's a quarter filler. <laughs> if ever you if ever you've seen one, like, but 
uh, as a neutral, I'm. Uh, um, what do you want from that game? <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be watching it. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you want to bring up for this weekend? Uh, no, like I say, I've, uh, I've I've watched startling little football this weekend compared to normal. So uh, having seen match of the day, I'll, I'll quit while I'm ahead on that front. I'll bring up Leeds as Ross isn't here. Um, they they went top of the championship again today, beating uh, Wigan in uh, Dave Whelan's testimonial. <laughs> um, um, and yeah. I could, I, I nearly fell off my seat last night when I saw the championship table and saw Norwich were top. Where's that come from? It's it's a weird season, the championship this <laughs> year. It's so it's, it, it, there's a different team top each week. Like I think Leicester had a, um, not Leicester Leeds. I think at one point I had a run where they hadn't won in a few games, and yet they're still right back up there. Uh, yeah, it do, does seem to be very close. I like to call out Ipswich as being uh, knobheads of the week because I had. A load of accumulators on yesterday, which I just checked last night when I got back, and I had a sevenfold on uh, a five at 150 odd to one, and six of them won. And the one that didn't was Ipswich at home to Preston, which finished one each. And for the last 15 minutes, Preston played with uh, a midfielder in goal because they keep oh. got sent off. And I was just like, if I if I had if I'd been watching it live, I probably would have been able to cash out for probably something like 300 quid. I would have guessed, but ah, it's a sickener, isn't it? Yeah, new man. Yeah, they've got a new manager, Paul Lambert. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, in hindsight, maybe back, <laughs> maybe back in Paul Lambert to win was a, was a stretch, but I was hoping for a new manager bounce. But yeah, uh, so yeah, that's the the weekend wrapped up. Thank you very much for joining me, Dave. Um, no, thank uh, you. Shout out to your socials and everything. Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at cm nine seven nine eight. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at XIX Blue Wolf XIX. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I should have looked this up in advance. I think the man on the post one is just man on the post. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Thank right. God for that. I knew it was something I forgot <laughs> to check. Uh, so yeah, check us check us out on uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, what's everything, Twitter, and all of that. And uh, and that's it. That's the week done. And always uh, remember to leave a man on the post. Uh-huh.